Now, let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy on ESPN Honolulu. Oh, yes, it's Tuesday here in the studio. Let's talk sports, not with Kanoa Leahy. I have maybe become somewhat of a familiar voice on Tuesdays, although I skipped out on last week because I was up in Vegas. Uh, but here with you today, no Kanoa. We've upgraded, folks. We've upgraded. Kanoa is off gallivanting somewhere in the wilderness. He is on vacation. He's gone for like the whole week. So we've just we just keep rolling in uh, upgrades, if you will. And we got our guy Hunter Hughes back in the studio. Jordan Helly along with you. I am not in the studio. Uh, I'm also recovering from COVID. I, I mentioned last week I was in Vegas. Put two and two together there. Um, but we're doing this about as socially distant as could possibly be. I, as Absolutely. I usually am, am joining you from uh, my home studio here on the island of Maui in Waikapu. Hunter is in our ESPN Honolulu studios there downtown. Uh, we are still working on trying to uh, sponsor the whole home studio segment, Hunter. I don't, I don't know if you've caught any of the, the, uh, the shows that I've done with Kanoa here over the last month or so. Uh, I'm still angling. I'm trying to get this thing sponsored, you know, like the, the Hawaiian Airlines, uh, you know, home studio or the Southwest. I'm just trying to get free flights. This is really what I'm angling for, Hunter. Maui uh, Divers. Maui Divers Maui might divers. be a good, good Anything, anything yeah. of value. That's, that's, I'm, not, I'm not expensive. Yeah. I'm, uh, it doesn't take much for me to sell out here. But uh, we are excited to have you joining us here on this Tuesday edition of Let's Talk Sports again. Jordan Helley, Hunter Hughes with you, as well as our guy Tanner Hayworth behind the controls across the glass, looking in at Hunter there as well. You can also catch Hunter and I on the Hawaii Football Now podcast, which comes out every Thursday on the ESPN Honolulu family of uh, platforms, if you will, on the website, on the social media. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts as well. And Hunter, I know you're here uh, extended, a little extended uh, residency this week here on Let's Talk Sports. You were you were on the controls yesterday with uh, with our guy Keegan Olta. How, how'd it go, man? It, it, you know what? It went well. I, I don't know if it's quite an upgrade. I, I appreciate the flattery earlier, but uh, um, yeah, we've got you know Kanoa on this show. I guess we needed a Holly Boy on here just to kind of round it out for <laughs> um, diversity's sake. So I'm happy to fill in where I can. Yeah, I, I, I just think of Diversity Day, the Office episode. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when, when, when that uh, when that gets mentioned, no, I, I, I'd like I to apply to... <laughs> for a loan. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get ourselves in trouble here before the episode is over. I can almost guarantee it. But uh, no, we can. Uh, and I was just buttering you up, Hunter, because I fully expect you to carry us uh, throughout <laughs> the rest of this episode. We do uh, we do thank everybody as well for tuning in to the, our Hawaii Football Now podcast as well. We are excited. Uh, scheduled to talk to our guy. Our buddy, good buddy, John Veneri, voice, uh, rainbow voice, uh, radio voice, I should say now, of the Rainbow Warrior football team. Mm-hmm. It has been an exciting offseason, no doubt about it. You've kind of had an exciting last couple of weeks as well, right, Hunter? You were here on Maui mm-hmm. uh, just last weekend. You were on Molokai. Uh, you know, uh, you, you'd like to joke around that, uh, you know, you're kind of the, the holly boy and all of this, but you've gotten uh, quite the experience here. How was how was Maui, and especially how was uh, – had you been to Molokai before? You know what? I, I've only been on Maui maybe a couple other times. Uh, wanted to see all of the, the hype that you're talking about over there. Um, was over <laughs> in Kihei. Uh, we put on a QB clinic down there and worked with some of the boys. They, they did fantastic. And then got an opportunity to 
uh, link up with uh, Coach Kahale over at um, mm-hmm. uh, Molokai High School, um, where they run eight-man football and put on a. Um, along with uh, um, FCA Hawaii, we we worked with the team over there, and it was just a fantastic, a fantastic day. Um, not only have I've never been on Molokai, but coached eight-man football before. It's a totally different environment, and from a play-calling perspective, uh, scheme, you know, perspective, it was it was a lot of fun, Jordan. Yeah, Coach uh, Coach Mike Kahale, he's done a really good job there yeah. around Molokai. You know, they I think their aspirations are eventually to to get up into the 11-man game they've they've sort of been dominating the mil the last few seasons when it was played although they haven't had a season basically since 2019 they Mm -hmm. didn't play last year a full schedule uh even though the rest of the 11-man teams did around the state and they've uh eight eight man football is terrific it was wildly uh popular here in the in maui county uh Mm. about six years ago um, Molokai, one of the founding members of, of that eight-man football league. But at one point, they had six teams. Six wow. different schools were playing eight-man football. It's been down to about three the last few years. Um, some of the smaller schools couldn't quite keep it going. Some of the smaller private schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it, it, but it is wildly entertaining. I've, I've gotten to go to quite a handful, called a few on the radio as well. I, I liken it to, uh, it's like arena football, yeah, but on like a full field, like a 100-yard field. It's a little narrower field, to be mm-hmm. fair, but it's they play on a 100-yard field. They play on an 80-yard field in some of the other locations, you know, depending on the, the venue that they can get to, um, but it, it's wide open. I to- mean, there's, oh, totally. They're, they're not a whole lot of blockers, yeah. and so without blockers, it's just wide open. It's like special teams, right? You got an open field, you got one-on-one. You got high-speed plays, and quite honestly, there were more collisions than I expected. Mm. But, the, but again, there's no blockers, right? So you don't have to slow down, wait for your block. You don't have to slow down, avoid a blocker. Uh, it is quite entertaining. Yeah, and, you know, it was funny. I, I had them working um, mesh and RPO stuff that, you know, that they'd never really gotten an opportunity to try that or had any coaching in it. And then on the outside, we had full-on run-and-shoot schemes. And uh, it was uh, – it's always it's always cool – introducing someone generally speaking but then when they pick it up that quickly and i mean the first three possessions they went three for three on touchdowns which for me was like oh this is really fun um i i haven't really gotten into coaching um quite as much but that was like wow this is this is really fun and a uh, great time over there with coach kahale and he uh, he invited me back so who knows maybe i'll be uh um uh, a remote coach for uh, Molokai High School. Who knows what's going go. on? There yeah. you go, man. You can never spend too much time on, on Molokai. It it, uh, it heals you over there. It's a, it's a different experience. It's a different world for sure. Uh, and the amount of high-level athletic talent that comes off of that island is just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. They were great. Yeah. It, it, it caught me off guard. Yeah, it, it, it really is. And, and we got a we got a fun show lined up for you here today, no doubt about it. We uh, we did want to get into the Rainbow Wahine volleyball schedule, which just got released late yesterday officially, even though eh, some schedule leaks here and there kind of gave us an idea of what that non-conference slate was going to look like for Coach Robin Amo and her squad. Uh, we got Hunter on, and every time I, I talk story with Hunter, we usually get some golf in, so we'll oh, look yeah. at that in the back half of things as well. But kind of circling back to your travels here, Hunter, as you – experience more and more of the islands after your time as a quarterback for the university of hawaii your playing days giving back now with some clinics on some a couple of different islands here on the valley isle you're over on the friendly isle to close out last weekend on molokai um i gotta imagine 
right? People that uh, get to know your background, recognize you and whatnot. Uh, people still talking to you about UH football? Because I know it's on Oahu, right? You, you, you're out, you, your, your normal routine, whether it's at work, at the course, or, or elsewhere. Like, kind of like myself. I run into people at the, the restaurant, the, the coffee shop, whatever. It, it, people usually want to talk about UH football in large part because of the excitement oh, yeah. with Coach Chang, the new staff and whatnot. But did, did you get a little bit of that? I mean, you're on a different couple of different islands. So I, I just kind of curious what your experiences were like here in uh, in our travels with Hunter segment. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, no, that, that follows you wherever you go in the Hawaii Islands. Uh, that's kind of what makes Hawaii so special. It's kind of like a big hometown, if you will, especially with something like UH Athletics where anybody loosely connected to sports – out here has to at least have an understanding of what's going on with UH. And, um, I mean, you and I know, Jordan, just how um, extreme the last six months of a turnaround, you know, for UH football it has been. And just what has gone down from complete, you know, circus last November, last December to where we're at right now and so when we do you know run into people in, in public it's usually a, a very positive note people are wanting to celebrate with with, with me and kind of um, share in the excitement of what's going on with UH football because there, there there's a lot of good stuff happening right now and again hats off to coach Timmy Chang and the the coaching staff out there um, and then in side note, Jordan, I couldn't believe that, you know, some of the coaches over on Molokai actually listen to our podcast, man. So, um, <laughs> hey, so, all right. I know I, I was big on Molokai, b- big on Molokai, which I, I I'm elated about. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, very thankful for that. But uh, thankful that our football program is where it's at right now, headed in a positive direction because we were not that way six months ago. Yeah. And, and you know, I think it's that's a, a, a fun reminder of you know so much of the the focus of the University of Hawaii especially the football program right I mean it's it's very much on Oahu which mm-hmm. is fair that's that's where the vast majority of the state's population is that's where the vast majority of alums are from the University of Hawaii that's where the vast majority of folks who get to attend games in attendance and whatnot and so I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing or anything like that but it is a fun reminder and I think the current coaching staff I think past coaching staffs have have really embraced it I think the administration of you know it being the state's team right and, and that means mm-hmm. all the islands right and, and we saw it you know uh, were you playing when when they they held a spring practice on Maui under Norm that was um that was the spring before I came okay okay so, yeah, yeah that would have been spring 14 I believe yeah you know they did stuff like that right and, and I get it the last few years that's been impossible one because of just logistics with COVID and, and two the budgetary restraints now are, are as as tight as ever mm-hmm. um, with the lack of revenue the last couple of years but you know they would do that right under under Gibb uh, the basketball program for all the things that, that, oh, that yeah. ended up transpiring. <laughs> you know, they played games on Maui. They played games on Molokai. They played Shamanan at the barn in Ho'olehua. They played on Kauai. They played in Kona. Like, they played all over the place, uh, which I always thought was really cool. The softball mm-hmm. team has played here. The baseball team has played on multiple islands. You know, and I but just to, to kind of digress a little bit, um, you know, the, there are diehard fans. Mm-hmm. Just about every nook and cranny, small town, little community you can find in Hawaii like you'll you'll drive out to Hana on Maui you'll go to Molokai right you you, you go over to, to Honoka 
you go to you go to places and it's like if they're they're fans there are diehard fans who find a way to follow these teams uh and i think sometimes that can get overlooked and i'm not accusing the coaching staff or anything like that it's just sort mm-hmm. of i think the reality of being so far removed and distant right and i and i do think again you know what what timmy chang has done has been really great in terms of embracing and, and call you know one state one team and totally and all this kind of stuff they've, they've, they've done all the right things don't get me wrong but it, it is a fun reminder when you go out and you you're actually physically in these locations you know like you got a chance to to, to go out there you guys flew right you guys flew uh over to molokai Th- thankfully we did uh i wasn't <laughs> aware of the option to, to hop on the ferry but uh um, I did learn about that, and I'm, that would have been an interesting experience. <laughs> it's um, it's it's different, yeah. It's it's different. Well, the ferry the ferry actually technically is running. It's like a charter only service now. If you know a guy with a boat, that is usually the simplest way to get between uh, Maui and and Molokai. Sometimes yeah. a fishing boat and whatnot. But uh, but yeah, it's, if you get into one of these locations and you start talking to folks, right? You, you talk to to the good people of uh, different places around the state, it, yeah. it's it's then you're reminded. It's like, man, yeah, it, it it really runs pretty deep. It really does. It does, you know. And, and you get to you get to experience that firsthand. That's pretty cool, man. I, I right on on your part. no. And you know, you know, it's funny on the flight home from Molokai to Honolulu. This is unsolicited, by the way. I sat next to BJ Penn. He was over on Molokai campaign. There you go. It was the the, the <laughs> wildest thing. Uh, BJ sat right next to me on the way back to Honolulu. <laughs> Those are big plates. That's so oh, you, no. when, when you're when you're sitting next to somebody, you're you're sitting it got right next. It, yeah, we got cozy, man. Me and BJ, I, uh, I thought he was nice. going to show me some of his his old uh, UFC moves, man. Yeah, they, they, well, he's, he's he's a politician now, you know. <laughs> he's got he's, he's got he's got decorum to uphold. Uh, that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Yeah, and that's that's the thing, right? Like the only way you're getting there is on like a nine passenger plane. Mm-hmm. So you, you're going to get to know everybody on the way over. You're going to get to know everybody on the way back, uh, and and often. Some of these things that uh, brings communities together, right, that kind of binds us, and, and sports is one of those, and especially mm-hmm. when it comes to the University of Hawaii and the football program. But, uh, yeah, I, I, so the guys that listen to the podcast, what's their feeling? They they excited? Pessimistic? What the, what's the vibes you got? Um, you know, about us, they were a little pessimistic, but about yeah, fair the, uh, yeah, about the program, they're 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 stoked on it. Uh, <laughs> no, nothing but great stuff. Um, again, who knows what they're saying behind our back, Jordan? But uh, um, no, it was it was awesome. Um, just just it, it, that's what makes living in Hawaii and making this place feel like home. Why it's so special. I try to describe it to my friends and family back on the mainland. There truly is no place like living in Hawaii and being connected still with UH athletics in some capacity. I, it's, um, it, it means everything to me. U, UH gave me so much in any way that um, I can give back to it and, uh, you know, Hawaii as a whole as well. I'm, I'll be first in line for that because this, uh, this place continues to give more than I've ever given it. So that, that's where I, I kind of lo- like to sit. Now, that's awesome. I'm, I'm really glad you got to experience that. And don't worry, those guys wouldn't say anything behind our back that they wouldn't say to your face. That's right. So definitely, no, nothing to worry about there at all. All right, that'll uh, kind of wrap it for us on segment one here of Let's Talk Sports again. Jordan Helly, Hunter Hughes in for Kanoa today, as he's off, you know, living living life someplace else. He's out this week on vacation. He'll be back soon. Don't worry. Uh, we will manage to keep this on the rails and get this to Wednesday. Uh, as we make it through the week. But uh, again, we'll step away here. We'll be back with more 
ESPN Honolulu, and Let's Talk Sports. Let's Talk Sports with Kanoa Leahy on ESPN Honolulu. All right, welcome back to Let's Talk Sports here on ESPN Honolulu. Jordan Helly, Hunter Hughes in for Kanoa Leahy here today on this Tuesday. Good fun conversation in part one of our four-parter here on this Tuesday episode of Let's Talk Sports, talking uh, travels with Hunter. We're going to make that a regular segment. I think we'll translate that into the podcast. Uh, Hunter spending some time on Maui and Molokai last weekend. He is a well-traveled young man uh, before and prior to and after his playing days at the University of Hawaii. So we'll, we'll, we'll save some of those stories, I think, Hunter. We might have to turn that into a little regular recurring segment <clears throat> on the podcast. Uh, you can catch us on Hawaii Football Now uh, every Thursdays, released on the uh, ESPN Honolulu Podcast Network. You can check that out. All right, we did want to get into uh, some of the exciting news that came out yesterday. The University of Hawaii Rainbow Wahine volleyball team schedule finally unveiled. I know many were mm. waiting kind of, you know, it's like, hey, okay, it's getting kind of close here, right? The season usually starts end of August, uh, just before Labor Day or so. And uh, I don't know if anybody's checked the calendar lately. I hadn't. Uh, it's July 12th. <laughs> We're like less than 45 days from UH football kickoff. Uh, just about the same from first serve of the UH women's volleyball season. Um, like summer's almost over for public school kids here in Hawaii. It is... Um, it is quite incredible how deep into the summer we are already. I, I just blinked, and I, I thought the this previous school year had been finished already. But uh, we did get the schedule release. We do know the eight-game non-conference schedule for the University of Hawaii. Uh, the opener will be on the road, a little rare opening road trip for the University of Hawaii as they open Friday, August 26th in College Station for the Texas A&M Invitational. The... Regular season begins September 23rd with a homestand against UC Davis and UC Riverside Friday and Saturday, September 23rd and 24th. And then the regular season will conclude road trip at Santa Barbara and at CSUN the Thanksgiving weekend a little bit later in the season. University of Hawaii obviously coming off of a solid season, returning to the court in 2021, making it to the NCAA tournament once again. Um... And Hunter, as you look at this schedule, it's a it's a pretty good one. I mean, you're gonna play at AM. You got Pitt on the schedule. They had an incredible season last year with the number one team in the country. Uh, they're in that AM tournament. They got San Diego, always strong out of the West Coast Conference, in that schedule as well. The one uh, multi-team event that Hawaii is hosting this year, the Outrigger Volleyball Challenge. They've got UCLA, Texas State, and West Virginia on the schedule there, and then they've got. Uh, future also future big 10 school still weird yeah. uh usc on the schedule for uh, two match series at the stand september 9th and 10th as they wrap up a non-conference play there but as usual rainbow wahine they got themselves uh, a pretty darn good non-conference schedule to get them ready for the big west oh yeah and you know heading into now this is the the third year since the start of covid i'm i'm just wanting us it would be amazing jordan if we could get through a whole season where no one is affected, you know? Obviously, we're, we're speaking to everyone affiliated with University of Hawaii Athletics, but specifically the team. I, I, I just would hate for this 
issue to continue to persist. And um, I, looking at the schedule, that's what I'm hopeful is for all of um, the players, the coaches, the support staff, that it would just be a, a great season from that perspective, Jordan. It really would, and that's that, that that would be huge, right? And and the other big part of that, and we saw it, you know, really late in the season for the Rainbow Hindi volleyball squads, bigger crowds, right? The crowds started the, the capacity, allowable capacity for this program late in the season. They finally started getting some folks in the arena at the Stan Sheriff Center. Uh, and by the time, you know, some of the, the winter and then the spring sports rolled around, obviously most of those restrictions were lifted. We saw some of the crowds for men's volleyball, obviously, and some of the basketball games mm-hmm. as well, uh, especially the way Hina had a great season. But but the, I think it's it's easy to kind of overlook the fact that, you know, much like the football team, the Rainbow Hina volleyball team went through a lot of that where they were still yeah. playing in empty arenas. And I know they were thrilled just to be back, right, after not being able – to play at all in 2020 2021 uh but then now the fall of 2021 still play you know it's it's that that crowd is special that connection the crowd has with the 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 rainbow wahine volleyball program is is like nothing else and so you know when you got usc coming to town you got ucla coming to town for a couple of these non-conference matches i would imagine there gonna be a lot of folks who've been kind of chomping at the bit to get back and watch some volleyball watch some high level well, he did volleyball, and so you know, kind of to your note, uh, hoping that everything kind of goes off, uh, you know, as scheduled, everybody stays healthy, and that the crowds yeah. can, can get back in there and, and boost this team. That's that's going to be it, – it's been a long time. Yeah. It's been a long time. It's been kind of the name of the game for you and I and the things that we're trying to do our part in creating buzz as much as we can for, you know, the football team to get people back to Manoa, to the stadium. Guys, like, we are seriously in a desperate situation and uh, potentially even in a couple of years from now, if things don't work out with the new Aloha Stadium, losing Division One status, you guys, for our football program, but then back to volleyball, getting everyone back into the stadium, experiencing UH women's volleyball. That I mean, that is the big ticket item other than men's volleyball and football at University of Hawaii. It, it's a big deal. No, without a doubt. And, and of course, obviously, you're going to remember what Hawaii did last year, right, and, and what they were able to do going 18 and 2 in conference 22 and 8 overall again into the the NCAA tournament making it to the second round and I, and I think we take it for granted right but the way that the the, the women's game has evolved and how power 5 centric it is mm-hmm. how much it has kind of shifted away from the west coast as well um into the big 10 and the, big the 10. SEC yeah. now you know the big 12 um for them to get to the round of 32, like if they're one of the last 32 teams standing, and I know this this program has incredibly high standards, mm-hmm. <laughs> as it should, as it should, um, that after, is no small task. After Coach Shoji. Right, 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 exactly. And and so for them to get, again, into the round of 32, which they've done a couple of times now under Robin, uh, you know, getting to the Sweet 16 the other year, like that is, it's it's a big deal. Like, you know, the, obviously the goal is – is still always Final Four, National Championship contender. It's just so much harder now. It is so much harder with the facilities, the resources, all of the above. Uh, But for this squad to, again, get back to one of the final 32 teams in the country, that's a a big, big deal in in today's volleyball world to, to be in the same conversation as Washington and Wisconsin and Pitt and 
Kentucky, which won the title the other year. Yeah. It's 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 becoming harder and harder just to get past the first round. Uh, and and again, Hawaii last year made it made it into the second round. The the five set thriller against Mississippi State, and then obviously losing in straight sets to to the Huskies last year in what always seems now like every other season they just mm-hmm. end up in Seattle uh, as as it kind of goes. But uh, again, it's just it's just kind of one of those things where it's. You don't want to underappreciate the fact that this program is still at the level that it is. Yeah, no, and yeah, and the the national, you know, um, spectrum it's 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 unbelievable. But here locally, I think the faithful that attend the Stan Sheriff Jordan, no matter if we were a prolific program or not, it would still probably sell out. I really feel that way. The the whole time I was down there as a student and as a, as an athlete, that place was absolutely spitting the whole time that I was while I was down there. Yeah, it's 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 a program that is unlike any other, really, and the the connection even at some of these bigger schools that have had the success, and even at a place like Nebraska, which draws, you know, as good as anybody else outside of the University of Hawaii. It's a it's a it's a special connection, um, and it, it's. It's that's what makes it, I think, still appealing for a place. You play for a legend in in Robin Amo. You play for a program of this status, but then the the intangibles of it, right? The the connection with the crowd, the connection with the community, mm-hmm. uh, and there'll be uh, you know uh, another fun preseason schedule to look forward to. As we mentioned, Pitt was ranked number one uh, throughout most of the season last year. They finished fourth in the polls. UCLA was the thirteenth in the final rankings they're both on the university of hawaii schedule ucla of course on the home schedule for the university of hawaii in the non-conference you got a lot of ties um you know pitt lexis kaeo mm. kamehameha setter um you've got uh, reed sunohara the hilo uh graduate who has been the longtime head coach now at west virginia they're kind of a regular on the schedule uh with all the ties there there are a couple of different ones uh, um Mia Johnson transfers over to Texas A&M. Uh, one of the key newcomers for Hawaii that's going to be really interesting to follow is Chandler Cowell from St. Mary's. She's a Kinke Kalike graduate from here on Maui. Uh, she's mm. going to join the program as a grad transfer uh, on both the beach and indoors. That'll be huge to kind of help supplement some of the loss on the pins, perhaps. Uh, and, you know, Amber Igidi's back for another year in the middle. She has, she was uh, outstanding Mm. Once again, they, they they go through some departures, sure. Um, but I, I'm excited to see once they get into camp exactly what this roster is going to look like because that's the one thing with Coach Robin. There's always a lot of competition for those spots, and it, it's gonna it's gonna be another I think exciting off season to see who exactly emerges from this group uh, that we haven't seen in a little while. Oh yeah, Coach Robin is tough, man. She actually came and spoke to our team one time just about um, unity and respect, and it was kind of um, th- th- there was a lot of um, just um, wanting to create equality, you know, on campus. And uh, she she spoke with such mana, bro. It was it was just powerful to to be in her presence. And uh, I, I know that she leads that program extremely well. And um, for 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 all the the girls that get to play for her, I hope that they can learn more off the field than even on the court from her because she's she's a very special lady robin's robin's awesome anytime i get to talk to her i'm all ears she's always got something interesting to say and the best part about robin she'll tell like it is right big time she's not going to sugarcoat anything uh i think that's what her players appreciate uh and that's 
what has gotten her to to kind of keep this program rolling is uh you know never easy to follow the legend right uh and so it will be we'll be watching with close eye i know a lot of folks uh checking that out and um and a little bit of the schedule already sprinkled out there are Guys, uh, you know, Tiff Wells, Josh Pacheco, they're, they're good at sleuthing and finding uh, some of these little nuggets that get put out there in terms of schedule releases by other schools as well. And, uh, of course, excited to, to hear our guy Tiff on the call once again for Rainbow Wahine Volleyball come the fall. Again, the opener August 26th at Texas A&M as part of three matches at the Texas A&M Invitational. First home game will be September 1st, the Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday uh, that weekend is there's UH football on the Saturday. You've got Texas State, West Virginia, and UCLA on the schedule there for the University of Hawaii. A pair of matches with USC, also a schedule highlight. That'll be Friday and Saturday, September 9th and 10th. All right, we'll take a break, come back, a little open championship talk. We'll get into a little golf when we return here on ESPN Honolulu as you're listening to Let's Talk Sports. Let's Talk Sports with Kanoa Leahy on ESPN Honolulu. Oh, yeah. Canola's got a good playlist. He does, man. He does. That's one thing I will never let him know personally. Um, but he does He does have some pretty good bumper music, We mentioned it say. yesterday, too, man. It's worth mentioning a second time. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's one of those things I'll, I'll begrudgingly concede. Um, he does have, uh, does have some pretty good keen ear when it comes to the music. <laughs> Uh, Jordan Haley, Hunter Hughes with you here on Let's Talk Sports Tuesday edition. Kanoa, as you can tell, not here. Uh, he'll be back soon enough. Don't worry. He's on vacation. Uh, enjoying a little R&R before what is surely to be a busy fall uh, of University of Hawaii and other sports. Uh, speaking of busy, this weekend's going to be busy, I know, for my man Hunter because the Open Championship tees off technically Wednesday night, our time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Knowing you, you're probably going to be up late, up early, whatever, however you want to uh, characterize it. Uh, but the Open Championship, the final major of the year, it's at St. Andrews, the birthpla- birthplace of golf. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tigers in the field. Oh, yeah. You got the Live, PGA, everybody else feud, squabble that is continuing on here. Uh, I know, I think you guys got into it a little bit yesterday, but uh, I got to pick your brain a little bit mm-hmm. uh, since since I wasn't here yesterday. But uh, on a scale of just like one to infinity, how excited are you? Well, I've already loaded up my Starbucks app um, to <laughs> cover the coffee that it's going to take for me to be up um, just in case Tiger does make a run because I will be up at 2 a.m. I will be watching the whole thing and trying to finagle a way out of work this weekend <laughs> um if tiger's in contention for his 16th major at st andrews for the 150th open championship i mean that's about as as good as it gets in my world jordan i don't know about you i mean if tiger's anywhere near contention going into the weekend or over the weekend i mean the world will stop 100 percent. you know i mean that's that's just kind of the, the the drill now i mean it was what 20 18, 19? 2019. 2019, he won the Masters. And then 
it was the year before that at the British That's where right. he was in he, contention he, on Sunday. He had the lead. He, he yeah. had the lead, and uh, Francesco Molinari, who ended up coming off uh, with the victory at Carnoustie that year, um, beat him and was uh, in the same group. So, like, Tiger had a really solid chance um, right then to win his 15th major, and that would have been his first one since the 08 U.S. Open. So gotcha. um, we knew that he was playing great golf. It was just kind of a matter of time. And uh, different circumstances right now, obviously, with his leg and what's going on with all of that. But uh, the Open's always really special, especially when the rota or whenever they rotate around uh, the courses to get back to the home of golf at St. Andrews. I believe they do it every five years, Jordan, something like that. Just about, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, uh, it's always really commemorative. Um, they usually have a, a champion's dinner with um, with all of the past champions, which uh, one of which was not invited, Greg Norman, who is the CEO of the Live Tour, which Kiki and I got into a little bit yesterday. Kind of interesting, Jordan. I don't know. I'd like to see what you think. He is not invited as the CEO of the Live Tour, but all of the players of the Live Tour are allowed to play in the Open. How does that make any sense at all? So you got to, uh, you know, sometimes as the the face of the movement, you got to be uh, you got to be the willing leader. to wear some of the the arrows that are uh, directed at your your uh, yeah your your charges right uh, as the leader of this all. And I guess it's the the dinner is kind of the way like that's the way to thumb their nose at this whole endeavor right whereas the tournament it's kind of like all right get on with it right have the tournament play it out if you're if you're in the field you're in the field whatever banner you're carrying these yeah. days whether it's the PGA or the European tour or this live very uncreative naming <laughs> um with the whole 54 <laughs> Roman numeral thing um and I guess yeah Greg Norman now has sort of become Phil's kind of quieted down, probably oh, to his benefit. So Greg Norman now, I think, has taken on the mantle as the the de facto face of whatever this is, and so uh, they uh, he gets kept out of the boys' club. You know, in, in a game of just high makamaka first world problems, like th- this is just the epitome of snootiness, right there. You're, you're not invited to our dinner, you know. It's that's right. It, it's it's pathetic, Jordan. If you ask me, man. Um, I mean, for for us in this this business, it gives us something to talk about, something to um, kind of laugh about behind the scenes. But in the grand scheme of the world, you know, if these guys just donated a fraction of what they were earning, or you know, getting these signing bonuses for for real world issues, I mean, we would be having a completely different conversation right here. Dustin Johnson signed a $125 million signing bonus just to go over and play with these guys. If he turned around and said, hey, I'm going to give, you know, five, ten million of that to world hunger. I'm going to team up with Bill Gates and we're going to go after um, the world water crisis. It'd be a completely different situation right now where the game of golf was single handedly making an impact in the world. So to, to me, it's just like, come on, guys, there, there's bigger things that we could worry about here. Yeah, they, they um they're getting some ridiculous paychecks. It's it's wild, uh, and and you can understand the the lure. <laughs> you dangle that out in front of anybody. I, I, I you get find it, out right? what you're made of for sure. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. So who who uh, who we got our eye on here? Who who uh, who do you like 
who's uh, who's maybe you got some fun groups, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. You got uh, Colin Morikawa, Rory McIlroy, Xander Schauffele, who's hot right now. Yeah, uh, and he and Rory are like the betting favorites, along with John Rahm. Uh, Rory, I think, still the betting favorite at nine to one. Last I checked, uh, and then you've got three groups in a row that uh, I think are are wildly entertaining as you look at it. It's like you got Willie Z, mm. Will Zalatoris, Sadeki Matsuyama, Tony Finau, John Daly, Bryson DeChambeau, uh, and then Cam Tringali, who has been playing well as well. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Molinari, Fleetwood, and Rose. Uh, and I believe those guys are all going out back to back to back. You got Shane Lauer, Justin Thomas, Victor Hovland's another group that's really loaded. Uh, and then Tigers playing with Matt Fitzpatrick and, and Max Homa. Mm-hmm. Uh, which should be a lot of fun. They go off at 3.59 a.m. Hawaii time Thursday morning. Mm-hmm. They're one of the last groups to go out. Uh, you also got Harold Varner playing with Jordan Spieth and John Rahm. That's another loaded group. Uh, Spieth at 16-1, to Rahm at 14-1 to to win the Open. So there are some groups that I don't know anybody. <laughs> I was looking through the T-sheet, and I was like, I don't know any of these guys. Uh, and then there's like Spieth, Rahm, and Varner. It's like, oh, okay. Yep. You know, that's that's a group people are going to be following. Colin, Rory, and Xander. Oh yeah, come on. That that I think to me is the the, the heaviest hitting of the groups. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually a pretty good chance of the guy that won the Scottish Open the week before the Open Championship usually plays pretty strong in um, in the Open Championship just because they're 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 playing well. They're playing well with links golf, and so those listening at home, that's the style of play over there. Um, just that the, the courses are laid out very naturally on the um, subsequent terrain of old Scotland. And sometimes it's over in Ireland, sometimes it's down in England, but nonetheless, it's that style of golf over there. Um, everything with the open comes down to when your tee times are. So you could play a completely different course on Thursday than on Friday, depending on when your tee time is. Uh, oftentimes, the morning group sees a completely different course conditions from wind to temperature to rain from the afternoon guys. And so it's kind of luck of the draw on if your open experience is timed well with the weather. So that that's what I'm thinking about right now whenever I look at specifically Tiger's tee time at 3.29 um, a.m. our time, Hawaii time. What's the weather going to be like at St. Andrews during that time? Because that will um, have instant dividends with Tiger's playing ability and how warm will it be for his leg? <laughs> that's that's what I'm thinking about um, right off the bat, Jordan. That's, well, that's, a big, that's the big question mark, right? Yeah, it's always wild to me that I'll be going to bed watching a fair amount of golf and then I'll get like a full night's sleep and then wake up and then there's just more golf. Oh, yeah. Uh, because, <laughs> because of the time difference. I'll tell you what, Max Homa is excited to be playing with Tiger. He oh, tweeted yeah. out today, uh, which almost was my best uh, for today's episode, but uh, he tweeted, I'm playing with Tiger Woods at the 150th. Oh, that's the other thing. It's the 150th, 150th Open Championship, by the way. The 150th Open Championship at St. Andrews. Hey, golf gods, we're even. Can't believe this is real, and yeah, it's corny, but who cares? I'm playing with the freaking goat. Hashtag golf. Yes. I just thought that was awesome. And it's like, and Max Holmes is a player. He's a player. Right? I mean, it's not, it's not like this is some amateur who's playing in this thing but but he's he's genuinely excited i can't blame him uh as he put it it's it's uh pretty awesome oh yeah max is uh widely considered the the man of the people on the tour um it, it was a hashtag a couple years ago that you could actually send your swing video to max homa and he would critique it and the dude is 
very funny, very original with off the cuff kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, for a lot of these guys on tour, a lot of these young guns, they grew up just like myself, idolizing Tiger Woods. He's why they picked up the game of golf. And now they're getting an opportunity to see, you know, what it's like playing with Tiger in an, in a major championship at the Open at St Andrews. It's all kind of coming together for you know someone like Max. It's uh, it's pretty special, Jordan. I I'm a fan of that big time. All right, so if you had to pick a winner now, you've, you can change your mind between now and Thursday, but I won't be around to hear it. So who do you uh, who do you like? You know I'm the glass half full guy, man. I'm going with Tiger, man. Let's go. Okay. If he's, if he's in, All right. Yeah, man. If he's in the field, I, I mean, no one wants him to win more than me. That is that is great. Tiger, of course, don't bet on him because his odds are completely overinflated uh, <laughs> just based on the fact that people can't help themselves, right? I mean, he's got the same odds. Uh, he's got better odds than Bryson DeChambeau, and I know DeChambeau's been hurt. And he should. And whatnot, but, you know, it's it's like, yeah. If, if, he's, he's Tiger, last I checked, is 60-1. to 1. Max Holma, Justin Rose, Tony Finau, 50-1. to 1. Like it's they, 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 Those things shouldn't be that close. Like, he's got better odds than Adam Scott, than Patrick Reed. That's than, a little uh, steep. Than Paul Casey. Paul Scott. Casey's 80-1, to 1, Paul. I mean, uh, Adam Scott. Uh, Gary Woodland's eighty to one. Seamus Power eighty to one. Uh, Webb Simpson a hundred to one. Uh, Phil, Phil Phil is way down. Yeah. Um, his uh, two hundred to one. Couple time champion though over there. Yeah, if he uh, he stays out of the bunkers. Phil the thrill though. Don't don't count him out. He's, John he's Daly, headed for trouble. John Daly. Who uh, is off with? Uh, who did I say? DeChambeau. <laughs> oh boy, what a what a circus that's going to be. Uh, oh, he's yeah. thousand to one. If you just want to, you know, Big sprinkle, John. sprinkle a little cheddar out there. Uh, that should be a lot of fun. I, I know you'll probably get into it as the rest of the week goes as well, Hunter. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm very much looking forward to the Open Championship. I'm going with uh, I'm going with Xander. That's my pick. I like that play. It's probably pretty safe too. Xander's absolutely um, hot as a pistol right now. He could get it done easily. Yeah, and again, Rory, the betting favorite as of this afternoon. All right, before we head into our final break of the show, we got to remind you some summer fun for your little leaguers coming up. The Hawaii Rainbow Warrior Youth Skills Camp. It's going on now. Pick from one of eight four-day camps through August 4th. It's open to boys and girls entering kindergarten through eighth grade. To register, go to hawaiiathletics.com and click on the camps button. All right, final segment and best and worst coming your way with more Let's Talk Sports right here on ESPN Honolulu. Let's Talk Sports with Kanoa Leahy on ESPN Honolulu. All right, back with you here on ESPN Honolulu. Let's talk sports with Kanolehi. Sans Kanolehi, though, today. Jordan Helly, Hunter Hughes with you, the Hawaii Football Now podcast crew taking over today. We got our best and worst to close things out. Hunter, I'll let you start. Would you like to start with your best or your worst? I'll start with my best, Jordan. All right, um, best, go for it. Yeah, best thing I saw when the Angels were actually visiting the, um, the Florida Marlins, or I guess it's the Miami Marlins um, over the weekend the Miami Marlins usually average somewhere from what I was seeing, like to, you know, 8,000, 9,000 total fans. And that thing doubled when Sho- Shohei Otani was pitching. So 
we're kind of seeing a little bit of the Ichiro, you know, Tiger effect with golf whenever Shohei is playing. I, I'm just such a fan of athletes of that kind of caliber being able to move the needle like that. It's it's fun to see. Yeah, he's something else. Shohei really is something else. The, 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 the draw, as you mentioned, is, I mean, it's second to none. I want to go right see now. him, man. I know. I, I missed out on a chance to go up earlier this month. Uh, or earlier this summer, I should say, to go mm. check it out uh, when he was pitching in Seattle, uh, but just missed out on that one. He he's he's the, the the draw is real. It is absolutely incredible what he is doing and continues to do, both on the mound and at the plate. All right, uh, uh, I'll go with my best. Uh, I don't know if this really counts as a best, but it kind of fit here better than the worst, I should say. Um, Alex Nikolov. Uh, I don't know if you saw the news yeah what, what uh, was with that he uh yeah i'm sure a lot of people remember nikolov from his time terrorizing uh college volleyball uh one year at long beach state was the national player of the year uh just a specimen i mean this dude looked like something out of rocky like soviet era he was bulgarian he was from the same hometown as rado <laughs> and he was an absolute freak of nature uh, and the best part was he kind of embraced, like, the villain role when he was here for the Big West Conference Tournament. Um, I, and and it, it's kind of great because this guy was only a freshman and was incredible and was only going to get better over the next three years. But, you know, so it's obviously an easier path now for the University of Hawaii to, to go ahead and try and get a three-peat because they're the best player in the co- country outside of, you know, maybe um, Jakob Tella is gone. But I will say... This rivalry has become the best rivalry at the University of Hawaii. Mm-hmm. UH Long Beach State men's volleyball. It is everything you want. Not a fan, Jordan. There is there is there is animosity. There is high stakes. Right, they're both good. They've been the two best programs in the country for like mm-hmm. four years now. Um, the, the, the 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 characters are terrific. The coaches embrace it. They play it up. There is a lot of mutual respect there. Kind of the inside, like they 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 really do. Alan Knipe and. and and Charlie Wade, but there, but there's, you know, they butt heads sometimes, and and Alex Nikolov was as good a villain as you could ever hope for. Yeah, uh, and I'm, I'm not gonna lie, as a guy who kind of loves that, uh, I'm gonna miss him. I'm gonna miss him a little bit. I won't miss him just flattening volleyballs on the Stan Sheriff Center Terraflex, but I will miss the banter, the interaction, and, and the occasional ball that sailed to like the back wall at the Stan Sheriff Center into the tuba player or whatever it was that time in the yeah. Big West Conference Championship game. The guy was incredible. Uh, the personality to match. So a little bit of best, but also kind of a little bit of, you know, yeah. melancholy where it's like I, I, I enjoyed him. Oh, yeah. In a world where there seems to be less and less of hatred, you know, amongst opponents, you know, LeBron going over and hugging everybody that he plays and this and that, <laughs> it, it's good to get a good old-fashioned we-hate-those-guys kind of rivalry, kind of the new BYU for uh, for volleyball for yeah, us. I, I love it. It is, and it's mutual, right? It's one of those, it's yes. not like, hey, are we your rival kind of things, you know, or it's like, hey, are they your rival? Pfft, no. Like, this this one is mutually uh, recognized. Yeah, like in Jordan in the Last Dance, whenever he would reference uh, the Detroit Pistons, he still hates them, which I, I oh, love. Oh, I love. Loved I love it. that stuff. Loved it. All right, quick words to run out of time here. I'll go real quick, Hunter, and then give you a little bit more of the room. Uh, Aquashire Stadium. I don't even know if I said that right. I don't even know if anybody knows what that Steelers. company is, but that's what Heinz Field's going to be called now. Boo. Pathetic. Boo. I don't know if you got one. We got like 20 seconds left. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump on that 
I'll jump on that train too, man. Yeah, that that was that was kind of brutal. S- similar thing happened in Chicago a few years back with uh, the the Sears Tower renamed the Willis Tower. <laughs> no way, it's Sears forever, baby. <laughs> I like I like that. I like that. Just keep calling it what it what everybody knows it at, right? Yeah, absolutely. But we'll keep it as Heinz Field as long as we can. It, it's funny these things, like it's it's Staples Center crypto.com arena come on maybe that's their marketing play they're like they're gonna have to talk about it so they will talk about our our brand name unbelievable all right that'll do it for us big thanks to our guy tanner behind the controls big thanks to my man hunter for jumping on jordan helly saying so long for now could all be back soon don't worry this has been let's talk sports on espn honolulu